When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast <laughs> brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, as well as leave us a five star review. We greatly appreciate it. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo and Gerald Bourget. Gentlemen, are you enjoying the weather this week? I am. Me too. I thought today was going to be more miserable than it turned out to be, and it is gorgeous out. I love the quote-unquote miserable weather. If it's cloudy and gloomy and rainy, I'm thriving. I don't mind it. I just don't like to have to drive 45 minutes That's in fair. it. So. That's fair. Storm clouds are gathering. Looks like it's going to rain, and Cam Johnson is returning soon. I don't think hey that's yo. a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> hey now. Well, you all better enjoy this cold weather because... From what I hear, next week it's going to get real uh, warm in these parts, mm. so it's coming, so start preparing now. Um, welcome. Today we've got a lot in store for you guys. First up on the docket is updates from practice. Oh, I'm over here now. <laughs> <laughs> updates from practice. Uh, we got to hear from Monty Williams today, as well as Cam Johnson and Ife Lundberg, and uh, we got some really exciting things to update you on. We'll start with Cam Johnson and I think we should start with the clip from Monty. Yeah, let's do it. We don't have any updates on that, but he's, he's progressing in a good place. Um, we're hopeful to see him um, within the next week. But as far as an official update on when he will play, we're not quite sure yet. Just kind of waiting to see as far as him responding to the workouts and stuff he's been well, either either I lied to you or Monty lied to you. Monty, Monty lied. So, All right, that was so funny. Just, well, we've we got, got an update, update for Monty. We don't have any update on camera. Let's be very clear. Monty, Monty kind of lied there because he, did, he, he did. said we have no update. But that's proceeded an update. Proceeded. Yeah. But he proceeded to give updates. Yes. He actually updated us on the on what was going on and what to expect him back. So that is an update, yes. Monty. We're right. sorry. That's one of my favorite things that he does is he says, well, I don't really have any thoughts on that or I'm not going to comment on that and then proceeds to do the exact opposite <laughs> of what he you know just that said. Is, that is literally you after every single time you're on the post game show they're like anything else Gerald? you're like no i just think and then go for like five minutes well i don't have any thoughts on that but i think shane's wrong in that <laughs> quality take Gerald. Quality take. oh my god so yeah i mean that's um an update of sorts if mm -hmm. you will for cam johnson uh the goal is hopefully within the next week or so nothing official which i understand like they don't want to put a certain amount of days on it just because it is an injury that you're having to work through. So you never know. Setbacks or faster mm -hmm. progression maybe also are into play here. Well, and let's be honest. The Suns as an organization don't always want to give us updates in general where they, they pigeonhole a very specific time back. So you could be surprised and Cam could be back tomorrow for all we know. Uh, they they don't always get or aren't always forthcoming with that. And I think part of it strategically. Now, I get it doesn't matter 
in these final games, but mm-hmm. but some of it's strategically, I feel like. So uh, that that is what it is. I mean, we got Chris Paul six to eight weeks. He came back in five. Right. Like, you know, that, <laughs> that stuff's just going to happen as part of this. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, at least we have a rough timetable, Monty said, like within the week is what they're aiming for. Um, so that's promising. They don't have a specific return date yet. But, you know, I feel like this situation is kind of fluid because of just the nature of the injury. It's something that he dealt with his rookie year, also taking a knee to the to the quad from Mitchell Robinson. So um, they just had to wait for that blood, that swelling to go down. Cam said the first 24 hours were kind of a battle for him to get that swelling down. And um, now he's just kind of working his way back. But he he also had some thoughts on it if we wanted to bring that clip up oh, i'm getting there um, just trying to move and just gain some comfort with movement that's really the goal today cardio and comfort with movement and uh just trying to find a little bit of flow with that um taking some contact and and that sort of thing what's that process been like because i know you had gotten a similar injury from mitchell robinson before and monty had said you know it's one of those things where until the the blood kind of clears out. You're not able to do much with it. What's that process kind of Right. Um, just trying to clear out that swelling that you were talking about. Sorry, I got sweat in my eyes. It's burning. Um, yeah, just trying to clear that stuff out. It's really hard to, to do stuff thankful, before that gets cleared out. So um, it's been a gradual process and, and probably still ongoing. Um, but in the meantime, trying to, trying to maintain and build strength um, and not lose that. Um, so it's just been a balancing process of, of those couple things. And then... Uh, now it's kind of just absorbing contact with the ground and getting my leg to, to cycle through um, and just technical stuff to keep my leg and knee and ankles and stuff healthy. Yeah, so just a gradual process. It's still ongoing, um, but it does sound like he's trying to build that strength back and get back out there. So hopefully within the next couple of games, we'll see him back. Have they talked at all? I assume he'll wear some kind of padding when he comes back potentially probably i know that every time we've seen him on the quarter in practice he's been wearing kind of those leggings or that padding so i'm assuming that'll be around for a little bit longer and and it's good that he's you know he said he also didn't offer an explicit return date but he did say the goal is to come back with a few regular season games to try and get that rhythm back because if you remember last year um he kind of jumped right back into the playoffs he was dealing with that wrist injury went on to have one of the greatest shooting postseason runs ever, but um, he would like to get that rhythm back, especially coming off the game of his career when he got hurt. Yeah, I'd imagine with a with a leg injury like that too, uh, you want to get back in and just get your timing back mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. get from from a jumping perspective. You know, especially he's a guy who we've seen explosive athleticism at times. He probably wants to gain that confidence back that he's not going to do something with it. Well, and just as simple as conditioning too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like he, it's not like his injury is far different than Chris Paul's, where Chris Paul was able to at least maintain some of yeah. that level of conditioning right. throughout. Where Cam Johnson. Like he could barely walk for a few weeks, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So he has lost a lot of that game ready conditioning mm-hmm. and especially going right into the playoffs where things ramp up even higher. Mm-hmm. You want to have as many games as you can under your belt before heading into just the gauntlet that is the playoffs. So I will say I will say considering like conditioning is obviously a big concern, seeing how his body responds to practicing fully the first time or second time now. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I will say that they were running this one-on-one drill after practice for about 45 minutes. That's why I was so close to the horn, <laughs> me getting here on time. But um, they were doing these one-on-one drills, and Cam looked 
dominant. Like he drove past two guys in a row and dunked on both of them. And I was kind of surprised to see that level of explosiveness. So it, it does seem like he's getting close to. All right, you need to tell me which two guys. That's, that, <laughs> that determines how impressed I am on this. All right. So the first one was Aaron Holiday. Okay. And Holiday stayed with him the whole time. But Cam just kind of rose up and one-handed and dunked on him. And then the other one was, uh, I think it was Ish Wainwright. But that one, he kind of just blew past him and had a, the lane two-handed dunk. So that was a little uh-huh. bit different. But the one over Aaron Holiday, like... Holiday was right up on him, and he just rose up and didn't matter. So, I'll take it. Yeah. I just had to put this you on the This is the insight we pay you for, Gerald. Yes. <laughs> Not we to throw anyone it. under the bus. <laughs> hey, if you get dunked on in practice and the media is there, yeah. it's fair game. That's right? fair. Yeah. I mean, you, it's all it's all a positive, right? Like, yeah. you're learning one way or the other from it, and that's what practice is for. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So <laughs> well, mm-hmm. That was the most Lindsayism ever. <laughs> Everybody has fun because they learn something. <laughs> Cam learned he can dunk on you, and you learned Cam can dunk on you. <laughs> and maybe what to do next time? I don't know. I'm just, you know what can I say? All right. <laughs> now we have some updates for you, or non-updates, I don't know anymore, on Ife Lundberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monty did say there is a chance that we could see him um, in some game action here before the end of the regular season. But before we get into that, here's what Monty had to say on him just overall after being able to see him in person. Well, he's got a great body uh, for a guard, and um, he really shoots the ball a lot better than I anticipated. I, I didn't know much about him. And um, when he first got into the gym, I, I saw how easy he shot the ball, saw the body. Uh, he's, he's square. He's got a strong build, and that means he can you know, take a pounding when he's going to the basket. And so I'm... I'm haven't had enough time to really dive into him on the film in the film, but um, James spoke so highly of him, and we wouldn't have him here if we didn't believe that he could play. So we're excited uh, to have a Danish player on our team, but especially in the NBA. Have either of you guys ever been described as square? <laughs> yes. I have not. A square, yes. yes. Square. Fair enough. Debatable. I've been I've been described as square too. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I like I like that description though because it's another big guard. I love that Madi was. You could tell he was impressed. He didn't know mm-hmm. what to expect, and he was impressed with him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Ife was one of the six guys that were playing that one on one that we got to watch for about forty five minutes, and he looked pretty good. You know, we, we talked to him, and he said that this was his first practice in five weeks because he came over from Russia. He'd been or he'd been waiting on his visa, that whole process. So this was the first time that he played organized basketball in, in about five weeks. And he looked pretty good. He was knocking down some threes. He's really shifty with his dribble. He got around um, Holiday and Alfred Payton a couple of times. And I think he was adjusting a little bit to some of the physicality because Payton and Holiday were, you know, going at him. These guys just go at each other in these drills. But um, he looked pretty impressive from the limited amount of one-on-one action that I saw today. And this was also his first practice with the team. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that he said really stood out to him um, about finally being around the team, because he's been watching, right? He understands Mm -hmm. how dominant this team is. But when he really got into their space, right, he understood that Monty pays attention to the little things. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all those small things that he really requires his players to focus in on. And that was one thing he pointed out. Now I understand why they're the best team in the NBA. It's those small things that really make the biggest difference when you're in a tight game or when you're in, you know, a playoff type situation. Yeah, and I think it gets overlooked a lot. We we look at this and we go, oh, they're such a, 
a, a light team. You know, they, they, they can joke around, oh, they're, they're so good. It's like naturally good, but it's the little things. They work very hard to be where they are. And they may not have the most all-stars. They may not have the most superstars. They may not even, you know, in, in totality, have the most talent. But I think they'd outwork anybody in the NBA on the little things. Mm -hmm. And that's a big reason why you see the success. Because when you've got Monty Williams, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, there's no days off. Like, you're not taking, uh, you know, a, a few days off and, and kind of half-assing it through practice. Mm -hmm. You're going hard all the time. And I think it's paid off in spades. Right. And, and that's something I wrote about today when I wrote about Monty Williams for Coach of the Year and the ironclad case that he should have is that, you know, some coaches might be better at in-game adjustments or, or things like that, but nobody has their team as prepared as Monty does on a night-to-night -night basis. And that's something that his players have said all season long is we trust our coaching staff because they always have the game plan for us. They always have... They're, they always have us prepared for every single matchup and not only just focused on a game-to-game -game basis, but prepared and knowing what to do in certain situations. And that's the reason that we see this team execute so well on both ends of the floor. It's not just, you know, the talent and the depth. It's also the scheme that they follow. And that's a huge part of this. And, and it's pretty interesting that Ife has been here for a couple of days and has already picked up on mm -hmm. that. So Tizdu in the chat said, if a has never defended on an NBA level, people need to remember that. So that's also something that Monty brought up in practice. Not necessarily that he's never defended at the NBA level, but defense in general. He was asked kind of, what are your expectations for if a here in this last part of the regular season? And he was saying, you know, well, we're hopeful that we'll get some game action out of him, maybe a few games here and there. But one of the biggest things that he was talking about was understanding their style of play, understanding some of the basics of their system because they have a whole bunch within their system that <laughs> nobody can pick up on that quickly. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing that he pointed out was just how tough of a defensive team we are, how much defense we play night in and night out, and the standards that we hold ourselves to when it comes to playing defense. So Monty specifically pointed that out. So you know he's in his ear having these conversations about how important that is not just in the NBA in general, but for this team specifically. Yeah, that's that's his path to playing time. Obviously, you know, we can talk about Alfred Payton and whether, you know, where they stack up against each other, but he does have to prove that he can defend at this level, and he will get an opportunity because obviously the Suns want to keep playing and keep winning and stay in shape. Monty's talked about not wanting, you know, he said it's possible to decondition if he rests guys too much. He wants them to stay in shape, stay sharp, especially with Cam Johnson set to return, Chris Paul only having been back for a few games. But there will be opportunities for Ish, Alfred, Ife to prove like we belong on this playoff roster. So it'll be interesting to see how that battle kind of shapes out. I love that we're sitting here talking about the last guy <laughs> on the roster. but And we laugh, but that shows how immensely talented 1 through 15, 1 through 17, 17. <laughs> yeah. that this team is that that you can have a legitimate conversation about about this guy about should Ish be on the roster because they are they are talented and they all bring very specific things mm -hmm. to the table mm -hmm. that's a, a large round of applause for James Jones on being able to put together a roster like that so Migo in the chat said I'm so hyped for a I feel 
such low risk, high reward vibes from this move. And I'm I agree completely. I think this is a move that if it pays off really well in the long run, this could be huge for us to have somebody like that towards the end of your bench. But also if it doesn't work, no harm, no foul. Yeah, we've, we've mentioned this on the podcast in the past when I talked to our, our Danish friend, Morton Stig Jensen, about this because he's more familiar with Ife's game. He said, this is not your typical two-way contract guy. This is a guy that belongs on an NBA roster and could be a contributor. So I won't be surprised if if some if he raises some eyebrows. If you haven't checked out that interview, go to gophnx.com. We also wrote an article about all the things that he can offer to get you a little bit more familiar with his game. But uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this whole thing kind of pans out because he does seem like a very likable guy, seems very intelligent, and based on what we saw in practice today, he looks pretty pretty shifty and pretty capable. So Is Stig now just following the Suns around just in case it's he, his first game? He is soon. <laughs> I, I think he's supposed to be here soon. He's, he's definitely said he wants to be in attendance and be able to cover that game, and he knows Ife well, so... Hopefully he'll be able to be there for that. By the way, I love Fabio in the chat says, James Harden's never defended on an NBA level, and he's a former MVP. So <laughs> we got that going for Hi us. Um, Tizdu asked in the chat, as it stands, Ife isn't eligible for the playoff games, right? That is correct. Um, Ife and Ish Wainwright, both are not eligible. They can decide to cut Alfred Payton and replace his spot with one of those two guys. So that's kind of like, the three players to pay attention to who will be that final person on the bench um, come playoff time for the Suns. And that's probably, we talked about this when uh, Alfred Payton was getting a little bit more run a few games back, just kind of Monty and James Jones giving the guys a little bit extra minutes occasionally here and there to see which one of these guys do we want to take into the playoffs with us as a break glass in case of an emergency type of situation, of course. Uh Darth Voida in the chat asks, uh, our good friend uh, asks, mm -hmm. is what number is Ife going to wear? Is it 19? Are we, have we confirmed that? What was he wearing out there practice? We don't know yet because they weren't wearing like ah. jerseys. Just, and when, yeah. when they first made the signing and they had attached the updated roster, he didn't have a number next to his name. So I think, I'm not sure, I can't remember what the number was that he was wearing on that cake that he cut. was on the that, cake. So it might, that would be my best guess, but we don't know for sure yet, so I don't want to. All right, let me send a text <laughs> message to see if I can find out before the end of the show. We'll keep you posted. All right, so there are your updates from practice today. We're going to quick take a quick break because college basketball fans, it's time for you to join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just five dollars on just any five? team. Just five. <laughs> any That's team? It. Any? I think there's only a handful left, right? There's only so, four there's left. Only four. So, any of the four? Any of the four? <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess you could bet on a team that's not there. You're just definitely guaranteed to lose, right? That's. I. I mean, yeah. I don't yeah, really I, know. I don't my, know if you uh, can. My LSU to win the national championship bet is still alive on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, <laughs> just oh. in case they need a replacement <laughs> from a team from the first round. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, so $5 on any team that's remaining to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, it's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw. That's the big one. You can withdraw your cash whenever you want. Fun, Funny thing. Safe, secure, and reliable. Three things I've never been described as. <laughs> Oh, no. I mean... <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa. Why aren't you safe? I had to go yeah. through the list. <laughs> 
Ask the missus. <laughs> <laughs> so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with the promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. That is 21 and older only. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right. Now we're going to talk about Devin Booker mm-hmm. and the conversation among the national media. It feels like it has shifted a little bit over the last few weeks. Uh, Bill Simmons came out recently, had some positive things to say about the Suns. Uh, we'll start with that clip and then we'll kind of go down the line here. All the indications are that unless one of these dudes gets hurt, they're making the finals and they're probably winning the title. That's what all of the history says. And get ready to go to Phoenix for four rounds national media. I love that. I'm here for that. (laughs) Enjoy our really hot weather national media. It'll be 95, 96, maybe 100 something by the time you get here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's encouraging. And, And he, you know, did his homework. He was talking about how there's a certain threshold. Like if you win about 80% of your games, which is 66 games in an 82 game season, historically, I think out of the 17 teams that have done that, 12 have gone on to win the title and another one made and another made the finals. So historically, if you're in that company, you have to be doing something right. And like another team that lost that didn't make the finals was I think that 67 win Spurs team that went up against the golden state warriors machine Um, And they were another, you know, 66 plus win team. So it's good that they're in this company. And and these were some of the things that I researched for the Monty Williams conversation because, you know, they're the first team or the second team in NBA history to increase their win total by 10 plus games in three straight seasons. Only the Celtics did that back in the 70s. And that Celtics team, the third one, Tom Heinsohn with the Celtics won Coach of the Year award, so that's encouraging. But this team is elite by any measure that you look at. You want to talk about clutch stats. You want to talk about road record. They're, they could post the greatest road record in NBA history. Point differential, you know, they're top two in both offensive and defensive rating. Like, they are just insanely good. And no matter what metric you use, they are an elite team. They're not just the best team in Suns history, they're one of the greatest regular season teams of all time. Yeah, I think Rosillo, who was the other guy, Ryan Rosillo was the other guy in the clip, brought up in that podcast that the uh, the clutch point differential yes. for the Suns <laughs> is 30, 31 point something. Mm. The second high, closest is the Bucks at 17 yeah. something. Like that's, that's a huge gap, or 15. Yeah, they're more than double the next closest team in net rating. Yeah, I mean, that's such a huge <laughs> gap. I mean, mm. That's crazy. To just think about that in clutch time, and uh, you know, we give the net we, we give the national media a hard time, but it, there is very uh, thoughtful conversations going on around the Suns team. That being one of them on the Bill Simmons podcast, where people recognize how great this team is and the things that they're doing now more more than ever. And I think it's in part because it they they're obviously going to have home court throughout the playoffs, so. Start talking about them now because you're gonna have to talk about them a lot <laughs> in the coming months. Right, so. just get yourself up to yeah. speed, basically, on that one. So mm-hmm. a lot of people in the comments are uh, 50-50 on whether they enjoy Bill Simmons' uh, content or not. But <laughs> I think the biggest thing to take away is a lot of people were just saying, like, I don't dislike him. I just think he's a really big 
Homer for the Celtics, but right. we're Homer for the Sun. So I guess we can relate there. Um, maybe the difference is, is that it's more of a national um, kind of platform that he's on, where ours is very specific to the Suns. We cover one team here. Um, but, to be fair, he did start out as the Boston sports guy. Right. He didn't hide it, and right. I appreciate that. Yeah, right. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I, I get everyone has a little bit of bias. Mm. Um, as long as you can remove that bias when it comes time, if you are involved in any votes yeah. down the road, I think that's the most important thing. But I do appreciate him bringing up some really cool facts about the Suns team and then also giving a nod to them as far as just kind of a little heads up to the rest of the national media that, hey, like, this is a team you really need to start paying attention to. Um, whether or not you agree awards should be distributed to them, you're going to have to get up to speed because if you're going to cover basketball throughout the playoffs, you're going to be covering the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Hopefully okay. well into, into June. Yes. yes. <laughs> so the next thing that kind of came out and hit Twitter today was an ESPN straw poll for the MVP um, and Gerald was a part of it, so everyone blamed Gerald. It's his fault. <laughs> Gerald, had, fun fact, Gerald had book at eighth is what I mean. That is not true. <laughs> it's a blatant lie. <laughs> okay, it was seventh. Oh, man. Okay, I'm but it sacrificed. wasn't a lie that Gerald was a part of it. Yes. Gerald really was a part of that um, poll. But you can share some insight with us because I think a lot of us were like, how is he still only in seventh place mm -hmm. after these? The stretch of games, like what's going on. So give us kind of the breakdown. Yeah. So I got this um, request and I participated in the other two that two or three that came before it at various points through the season. And I had I had who did I have? I had Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. Those were my five that I submitted. And when that request was sent, it was right before the Nuggets game when Devin Booker dropped was it 49 points and then it was also obviously before the Sixers game when he dropped 30 whatever it was against you know two MVP candidates back-to-back -back statement games you know came out after the Nuggets game and made it a conversation with his post-game comments as well that he feels he should be in the MVP conversation so I think that you know you look at the list you see Jaw Morant and Jason Tatum in front of him and I know that made a lot of Suns fans angry but I think, this is just my guess, I think that most people responded pretty quickly, and that was before Book proceeded to go out and drop nearly 50 on the MVP favorite, and then another 35 on another MVP favorite. So I think that may have factored in here. I think if you had done this poll even a couple of days later, maybe Booker is in that top five. But it is still kind of upsetting that he's not in that top five and that, you know, no offense to Tatum, he's been playing fantastic basketball. The Celtics were on a tear there for a little bit. They were looking like the favorites to win the East before Robert Williams' injury. But like putting him in that conversation over Book when the guy's averaging 26-5-5 five and five for a team that's almost nine games better than its next closest opponent, I just, I don't get it. Because that doesn't, that what you said about the Suns doesn't catch attention, right? Mm. The Celtics being 12th in the east on December right. 15th and being first in the east come come March is is a storyline that's uh that's the national media can get can get their teeth into yeah. you know the same with John the Grizzlies being surprising but I'll say this I gave you a hard time claiming you <laughs> skewed that vote but mm. I think you have it exactly right we've talked a lot about book MVP 
on this show, mm-hmm. but I think it's been misconstrued. I don't think Devin Booker is the MVP in the NBA. I think he should be top four, and I think you had it exactly right. Jokic and Bede, Giannis, and Book. And mm-hmm. that would, and if that's the way the voting comes out from everybody nationally, I feel perfectly fine with that. That's respect. Mm-hmm. You're, in, you're in the conversation when you're right there with those three guys. Uh, and you could maybe argue the Giannis factor, but I don't think so. I think it's those three guys in book, and I'd be fine there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, go ahead, Lindsay. No, I mean I agree with you guys entirely. I think the whole conversation around MVP was less about he absolutely deserves it this year, and more about he deserves to be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. He deserves to be recognized for what he's been able to do, and I think that's the biggest thing here is that it just feels it just feels really shitty. I'll be honest, (laughs) to see what Devin has been able to do, not just this season, but throughout his entire career and not get the recognition and the flowers that he deserves for those things. And there's always an excuse when it comes to Devin where it feels like those excuses don't hold as much weight when it comes to other players. We just want him to be recognized for what he's able to do and what he's accomplished thus far in his career and continue to gain recognition as we go because... Hopefully the Suns are going to be a dominant team for a long time. Devin needs to be one of the top faces of this league. Right. And and I've seen people on Twitter take umbrage with how hard, you know, certain Suns people are pushing Devin Booker for MVP. You know, how we keep focusing on in the conversation. Like, what does that even mean? I will say this. You should be directing that anger towards the league because there's a reason that they have five slots for MVP voting instead of just three like other awards. Like if you want to stop with this whole in the conversation when it's really kind of between those three main guys, then why do you have four slots to fill out like that shit will matter as long as you leave those extra two slots. And I think for us, like our main focus is that Devin Booker gets the all NBA first team spot that he deserves. Like you can make a case for Devin Booker as MVP. It won't be the strongest case, but you can make it. All-NBA first team, if he's left off that group, something went wrong. And that's where it's frustrating to see these moving goalposts as far as the first few years of his career. He is an empty calorie scorer. He's a looter in a riot. And now he's on a team that is historically dominant, and he's still not somehow getting the credit that he deserves, even though his numbers aren't as high as they were back on those losing teams. Like, what do you what more do you need him to do to be in the conversation? But that's and I hate that argument. Well, his stats are low. Sacrifice. Slightly. Sacrifice <laughs> is what this team's been about. Mm-hmm. Like each of these guys have sacrificed in some way in their personal game for a team effort, for a greater team good. And and that should be recognized as well. Mm-hmm. You don't think DeAndre Ayton on a really bad team couldn't average 20, 22 mm-hmm. a game, you know, or 25 even on a really bad team if you just gave them the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like this, the Suns have sacrificed each step of the way and they deserve recognition for that as well. I agree that the MVP is in, in the conversation is top five. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, it's sexy for a shirt to say MVP, right? right. First team All NBA <laughs> looks a little weird on a, yes. on a T-shirt. <laughs> yes. uh, but to me, I, I I wouldn't even be upset if he winds up second team All NBA. I but when I, I hear would. he barely should make third, that's when that's when I take a yeah. big issue with it. Right. Plus, I really want him to get first because that's how he gets paid more. 
Mm. And and I want Devin to get paid more, even though there's a whole nother <laughs> can of worms we're opening right. up with that, mm. which we'll get into farther down the road. That's not, sometime middle of July. No time yeah. for that right now. Yeah. No time for that right now. But I want Devin to get paid. Yeah. I want him to get the bag that he deserves. He absolutely should be raking in all the cash that he can get. That's and that's true. a caveat within those contracts. Yes. And that sucks. Right. Like when we can get into that later down the road as well. Mm -hmm. But that's the biggest thing for me is like this guy deserves all the money. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure he gets it. And I hate that a lot of that rests in the hands of people who may not watch him every night. And that's why this MVP in the conversation thing that we're starting here, we're not starting, but contributing to here is important mm -hmm. because this stuff actually affects his livelihood. And, you know, like Espo said, an all NBA campaign, that's not going to get anyone's attention. You make a legitimate MVP campaign push. That's classic bartering. Like you start high and then you end up right, right. where you want to be. Except first team. Fine, yes. fine. We'll fine. Take it. Give us first team. <laughs> That'll shut us up. But if you're a top five MVP candidate with as much as they're bending the rules on all NBA, mm -hmm. you should be a first team all NBA you should. player. That should like, be automatically like, like what it is. They need, if, if we're truly in positionless basketball in the future, it just needs to be five, the five best guys it should. on the all NBA first team. Not, not by position because... It, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Yes. And give us a third team all defense while you're at it, because why do we only have two all defensives teams, but we have three all NBA teams? It's we don't need to sense. worry about that. Mikhail's already got <laughs> Mikhail's, the first team. Mikhail's all, a lock for first team. So. If he's not first team, you will <laughs> see me riot. outside. <laughs> <laughs> you, he's throwing trash cans. You got you to be careful. They they do uh, they do investigations when you say riot. Oh now, yeah, so. I'm sorry. I, can, I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. Then, then we yell on Twitter, all caps on. We all join together. <laughs> all caps on on Twitter. All caps. <laughs> um, I've seen a few people in the chat bring it up since we kind of started talking about defense. Mikel Bridges, Defensive Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. Are we all in agreement that that should happen? I've got to do more. I hate this phrase. I'm going to do my own research because it has a horrible connotation. But <laughs> I do. But yeah. I do need to dive into the numbers a little bit more because I know from most of the advanced metrics, Mikhail's case is not as strong as you know those rim protectors like we've talked about. But I do think if we're going based off of criteria more recently for that. Yes, but like there, it's most of the advanced metrics that favor you know a guy like Gobert or someone like that. But I do think. There's something to be said of what Monty's talked about, guarding the toughest position in the NBA, leading the NBA in minutes, taking on, I think by the metrics, the second hardest average defensive assignment on a night-to-night -night basis and doing what he does. Like, that's hard to back up with the numbers, but the eye test absolutely backs it up. And so he should be a top three candidate for that award. And, you know, I, I'm going to wait till I do my research to say for sure. But right now I would have him in, in pole position for me. Have we gotten you a vote yet? All this? Not, not yet. We're, all right. Next year, you're going to have a vote goals. <laughs> we'll get you a vote goals. Cause you, I will actually do my research NBA. If you give me yeah. a vote, like Gerald, a lot of these people don't, but I will. Gerald will do the, do the solid research. He will take this very seriously. The same way he takes our brackets very seriously. <laughs> don't he, even get there's me started. one thing you can count on Gerald for is his integrity around voting. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this conversation before we move on to the next topic? No. The last thing we've talked about, Booker, we've talked about Bridges. <laughs> I did, did it again, it. didn't I? <laughs> nope. Shit. No, but yes. Girth is first all, all PH Next team of talking after he's done. I'm done, but let's go. All right. That's all I had. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, my we've talked about Bridges. We've talked about Booker. 
Monty, I got to plug this again because the case for him, I wrote all about it on gophnx.com. It's really strong. And I have a lot of respect for what Taylor Jenkins has done with the Grizzlies this season. I have a lot of respect for, you know, Ime Odoka, JB Bickerstaff, whoever you want to throw into the conversation. But like, it's Monty. It needs to be Monty. It should have been Monty last year. You cannot go through a dominant two year stretch like this in the NBA where you have the third fastest turnaround from worst to best in NBA history. And you're the shepherd of all that, both on and off the court, culture, X's and O's, everything, and not win a coach of the year coach of the year award. That would be an absolute crime. He needs to win that award. Gerald, I think you're gonna have to call the prosecutors because <laughs> I just I don't have a good feeling about I, it just because I'll be irate. That one, that one might be the one I'm most upset about if they uh, don't. I think win. the players will be too. Oh, they'll be pissed. They were well, pissed they were last pissed year. Last year, yeah. Which, which maybe it's not a bad thing if if it doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, by the way, that's just, true. I told you I would. I get an answer. Uh, if a will wear number nineteen, I've got official there confirmation. You go. confirmation. Look at that. The the one the one thing I can get you confirmed on anything uh, uniform news I can make that happen. Oh well, speaking of uniform news. Great transition. Uh, oh, Great transition. <laughs> I walked into well. that Way one. to go. City Edition jerseys were leaked today on Twitter for a handful of teams, including the Suns. So we saw some jerseys for the Suns, the Spurs, the Blazers, and the Wizards. And I just want to get your guys' opinion on this. To be fair, Wizards actually re- officially released these two. They did, yeah. yeah. Just, I, I listen, I'm, I'm down on all of them. You're down? No, or like, like you're I'm down, down with. for. Okay. I'm down with okay. all of okay. them. <laughs> Like, I really, the Spurs, here's my thing. The Spurs can never go wrong with this color palette, right? It (laughs) hits every single time. It Mm -hmm. should just be all of their main colors from here on out, in my opinion. The Wizards, it's a unique color choice, but I really like it. I think the color is going to pop, and it's going to look really good on the guys. And Mm -hmm. and it's very much DC. It's the the cherry blossoms, Mm -hmm. which is very well uh, associated with the city, so I get it. And then Portland... Love it. Absolutely love that they're embracing the weird carpet at the airport. Like, <laughs> I think it's so much fun. And I'm a big fan of black jerseys with pops of color. And so that's right up my alley. It's so very keep Portland weird. Like, yeah, they, they it very is. much know their fan base. Uh, and I like that about it. Uh, you know, and, and I, there's a, a distinctive theme for the city jerseys next year. Mm. It's very much a fashion jersey. If and colorful. Will, which is, is, Take it or leave it. It is what it is. So at least it's a league-wide thing. Yes. Right? Okay. So now let's take a look at what was leaked for the Phoenix Suns. Here's so where my head explodes. <laughs> we've got some turquoise going on here. Um, it's got the sunburst at the top with the number right below it. Some what I'm guessing is like reddish-orange um, trim and then like a mm. little bit of a gradient from that reddish-orange to the turquoise with the number. I, I respect where it's coming from. The... The Aztec influence, the Native American influence uh, in Arizona. So I want to acknowledge that. That said, cover that cover that sunburst logo, and I bet nine out of ten people say that's a Bulls jersey, just because of it's probably because the, the twenty three with red on it. <laughs> but like I just, and I get it. Those other teams were using colors that aren't part of their color palette, right? But it's, at least yes, you kind of understand. It's a league-wide it. theme that yeah. we're that teams are stepping out of their traditional color wheel, which makes me feel better. Originally, this a grainy version of this leaked uh, a, a few months ago, and I was livid because 
what what the heck, right? That's not a sun's color. It's neither are sun's colors. What are we doing here? But in I understand more in context with what's going on around the NBA. That said, they took my least favorite of the current jerseys, <laughs> made it a color that has nothing to do with my team. I'm very confused right now. I'm I'm gonna say something controversial. Controversial, if you will. Um, oh my god! I, uh, <laughs> I don't. Controversial, yeah. I oh don't, my god! I don't. I'm dead. I don't hate the idea. I don't I, hate it at all. Oh my, like you're, I, you're from I, New Mexico. Okay, okay, yes. But no, I agree. I don't think it's bad. I think it's gonna look really good on the guys. I think they need to change the hue a little bit because that looks closer to like sky blue than it does turquoise. So it's not guaranteed that it'll actually look like that. Like we're not for sure that these are going to be exact. Yeah. What's going to happen. And in production on players, they always look very Like Remember the orange Jersey from that everyone hated when it first got leaked. Yeah. All orange. Everyone was like, that's so ugly. And then you slap it on Kelly Oubre. Now that might be a whole nother thing, but you put it on all these guys and then all of a sudden everyone's like, I actually really mess with these orange jerseys. They look great. Right. I still hate them. I, I think if you change the hue them, to more like actual turquoise, like that's a South, that's a rock yes. of the Southwest. Like I'd be, or a gem, whatever the fuck. Like, but I think, <laughs> but I do think like, I'm, I'm obviously biased because in New Mexico, that's our state gem. And, like, I've seen our college team come out with the turquoise uniforms, and they've looked really cool. So, like, I'm obviously biased here, but I kind of wouldn't mind it if they just changed the hue a little bit. By the way, a rock is just a Walmart version of a gem. Ah, that's that's fair. So, Fabio in the (laughs) chat said, I think an orange logo would make it look a little better. I actually don't hate that idea, Fabio. I think if you put an orange logo instead of the white... It's even more colorful, which I appreciate, and maybe makes that what appears, at least in this photo, to be kind of more of a reddish trim. Mm. Maybe skew a little more orangish, and then you have some really bright colors you're working with here. Mm. Um, I I think that would be kind of cool. Rick James brings up a good point in the chat. He says, (laughs) oh, my God, the court's going to look like cotton candy. This is a tough one for me if you go full court with it, too. Which Yeah. You almost have to because it's going to look really you bad. Got, you got to lean in. With a, with a black and orange and purple mm-hmm. cord, it really won't make sense. But it's going to make for some interesting color palettes. I'll say that. Like, Just have it like raining little turquoise rocks on the court, like like breaking bad like meth crystals. <laughs> we need like, meth crystals? <laughs> yes. I, I don't want meth crystals on the Not court. Not actual <laughs> meth <Okay>. crystals. <laughs> No, like rock candy. Make it look like rock candy with turquoise. Like I am not mad at it. I'm not completely giving you a definitive. I'm here. I'm not here on this jersey yet, but I want to see what it looks like with the shorts too, mm-hmm. and on players, and of course on the court. I want to see. But I the, think it has potential. The, the shorts can be key too, because yeah. yes. if it has elements that tied into the Aztec or, right. or the Native American angle of this it could feel very different and could make more sense. Like the shorts, and I'm in the minority here, but the shorts can make the look in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. right? So in totality, we need to see it. We need to see it in person before before we judge. And it could be one of those that it grows on people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not literally, but uh, Mm -hmm. you you wind up going, okay, I like this. I get where they were going. There's some theme nights and all of a sudden it's – Oh, okay. I, I like it as a, a change of pace. Now, the one thing it doesn't have going for it is it's replacing the Valley jerseys. Yeah, that's that's, that's always going to be tough because that's yeah. 
I mean, the greatest jersey in Suns history. We could argue that, but it's I will give, here's where I will give the slightest benefit of the doubt, Mm -hmm. okay? So with jerseys, they're planned like five or six years ahead of their actual release, right? Right. So I will give the Suns organization the benefit of the doubt that they didn't think the Valley jersey was going to be as loved as it is when they were planning this this far out. But they had already agreed to make changes at a certain date, and I don't know if you could really switch that up. I'm sure you could if you really wanted to, but also then you got to think, like, sales come into the play and, like, all the different things. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. I'll give them credit because the Valley jersey was supposed to go away this year. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be a one-year thing. It was supposed to be that really odd you know, mashup of like we've seen other NBA teams for the 75th anniversary, you know, like Miami has that serial killer weird letter jersey. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, and and there's all sorts of mashups. The Suns were supposed to have one of those. The team said, no, we want to keep the Valley. That was such a big thing. I give them credit for that. And I guarantee this isn't the last time we see the Valley. There'll be some iteration of it yeah. two years down the line, whatever the case may be. It may be like an orange or a purple or something mm-hmm. different, but we'll see some iteration. It's not gone forever, I guarantee you. Yeah, they, they got to bring it back as soon as they can because not just is it a cool jersey, but it's also like emblematic of this greatest era of Suns basketball that right. we've ever yeah. seen. So like there are memories and feelings associated with just looking at that jersey. So. Yeah. So here's your PSA. If you have not purchased a Valley jersey and you want one, go do it right now. Do it as quick as possible. (laughs) Go do it right now. Otherwise, you'll be rocking one of those Um, cheap Chinese ones that come (laughs) off of eBay. Edward said, Lindsay, not mad at it. Would you rock that uh, shoe color as a shoe color, Lindsay? I I think I don't. If it's more blue than it is turquoise, I'm not going to enjoy it. Blue Mm. is not my color. Okay. Um, If it's more turquoise, which is what it's supposed to be, I think. Mm-hmm. Then yes, absolutely, I would. Color. Exactly. Color. It's all, an all black <laughs> outfit with the turquoise as a pop of color. There you go. <laughs> Any final thoughts on this one, guys? I, no, but here's what I have to say. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything this uh, time. Ro- Romeo says, "Bring the '90s jerseys back." Uh, you may be agreed. Is all I'm saying. Oh. Hey Okay. All I'm saying. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break because <laughs> children five and older are now eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash findvaccine for a location near you. Get yourself ready for a long playoff run, with a lot of people around, keep your sa- yourself and your family safe. Yeah, do your own research on the coach of the year and MVP and stuff, but not this listen, one. Listen, not not here. Listen to the doctors. <laughs> I was like, we're gonna go down this I, path right now. I can't. No, I'm not prepared yeah. for this. I, I think it's just gotten to the point where I hear that phrase and I like shudder just mm-hmm. automatically. Um. Anyway, let's get it back on track. <laughs> let's, let's steer back. Sorry, yeah. Lindsay. I, my apologies. We are going to wrap up the show with another bracket because Uh-oh. it's that time of year. And I feel like brackets are really we can only do so many brackets throughout the year. But in March mm-hmm. is when you can really just throw them out all at the wall and see which ones stick and which ones don't. <laughs> yep. The last two we did. Um. 
friendships were questioned within this room. <laughs> I feel like this one, though, is going to be a little bit easier on all of us. No, there could be friendships questioned today. Too. I mean, that's fair. It's a hilarious thing that we're a son's podcast and we're probably going to be more upset at each other over movie franchises than we are iconic son's moments. Yeah, so we're going to do a bracket of iconic son's moments. Well, that's why I feel like we're not going to be as upset because they're all iconic. So you can't really be... There's a handful in there that could piss some people off, but we put I Star we'll Wars see. night in there as one of the iconic <sighs> moments. Well, just so then that sure just so angry. salt in the wound. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Espo, you're gonna you're gonna take the reins on this one. So well, break it down. For oh, us. We're, we're definitely going off the rails today. We are doing the most iconic moments in Suns history, and the first region that we're gonna do is the book region and there's a reason we name it after the one seeds devin booker's 70 point game is the one seed versus cam's finals dunk from oh, last man. year i, I mean westfall guarantee 1993 playoff suns down 2-0 in a best of five series against the lakers in the first round he guarantees they'll win and they do and then amari stoudemire over anthony tolliver uh the poster dunk from the mid 2000s oh so, man it's, We're it's starting off with some heat here. There's a lo- there's a lot of loaded moments. We've had we've had some good things. So yes, one four. Uh, it's got to be book seven. I love Cam's <laughs> Cam's dunk. Maybe mm-hmm. if they had won the finals, it would hold more. But I got to go book seventy. Right. If they had won the finals, or if they had won the game, even like I, this would be tougher. But book set like that's just a historic NBA moment, even in a loss. Like that's iconic. Yeah. So going book seventy, Lindsay. <sighs> I don't like this matchup at all. <laughs> Lindsay's high on the you, Cam Johnson dunk, like though. I am. Go it sleep, was baby great. Angel, because we already... No shaded book, because I'm sure there were, there's going to be plenty of other Devin uh, Ws in this bracket. So sure. I'm going to just give a little love to Cam Johnson for that dunk. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we've got uh, Westfall Guarantee versus Amari on Tolliver. And I'm going to let you two go first. No, I don't want to... I'll let Espo go first, <laughs> then. Westfall's Guarantee is one of the most iconic post-game press conferences or press conferences we've seen for for a Suns fan. I mean, for a basketball fan that, that knows the history, that's up there with Iverson's practice and mm-hmm. and moments like that. I it's mean, a really great meme to use on Twitter it, if it, you guys haven't already. It's mm-hmm. spectacular. I got to go Westfall. I love the Mari Dunk. I mean, Anthony Tolliver's got the nicest fingernails I've never seen on a man. I can tell you that from his time with the Suns. But Westfall's moment just stands out as as truly iconic. And something was on the line. Hmm. Like, I, we did a, a, a whole feature on that. was at the Suns, and the player said that was a moment. We believed in ourselves, but he took all the heat and, and everything, pressure off of us by doing that. So. Hmm. I, I do want to answer something in the chat because they're asking about the Valley Oop and other moments. Uh, this is just one section of the bracket. We still yeah, have 12 coming. more moments to come. The Valley Oop is definitely in there, so don't yeah. worry. Um, Gerald, I can be swayed. You so, can be swayed? So you make your argument one way All right, the other. well, you remember how you guys teamed up to sabotage me, Espo, last bracket? <laughs> and how I swore shit. my revenge would be upon you? Uh, I'm going to go Amari on Tolliver on this one just because... I want to be a jerk. I see, <laughs> right? I see where this is going. Lindsay's going to jump in. Just... And also because it was a great dunk. Like that's, I'm trying to think of a dunk that's more, that was meaner than that one in Suns history. And I'm struggling. Like there have been other candidates for sure. 
like book on Anthony Davis, Cam Johnson's dunk, but like that was the quintessential Amari dunk. So I struggled leaving it off I the list. I also, don't, I'm just I personally <laughs> don't even feel it's the best poster from Amari. I still think Which one? the Ola Wakandi one that one's better, yeah. but this is the one everybody references. Yeah, that one was that one was Ola Wakandi's like seven two. Anthony Tolliver. But he was also five. like a but yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Anyways. So you're going with Amari Dunk? I'm going with Amari Dunk. I don't want anybody to be mad at me today. <laughs> oh, now she cares about this. Uh, yeah, I'm in my feelings today. That's all. Oh, um, man. I can still be swayed later on, Gerald, but okay. I'm going to go Westy on all this right. one. Right. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Thought that was going to go bad. Everyone's right? happy. <laughs> but I can still be swayed. <laughs> so I actually think this is surprisingly tough here. Book 70 versus... Uh, uh, versus Westfall guarantee. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I know it's tough. And I hate using this argument because we <laughs> we we argue about this with the natural media. Books came in a loss. Mm -hmm. Westfall's obviously led to a playoff series win. But in the end, Book did it on the court and mm -hmm. did something that very few in NBA history have. So I'll take Book moving on. Go ahead, Lins. I have, I mean, I was going to say, I'm going to go with book on this yeah. one too. Yeah. Because I think that was like, these are all iconic moments, but I also witnessed Devin's and I think that's why it holds a little bit more of a special place for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with Devin on the 70 point. Wait, were you in Boston? I was not, okay. but I remember okay. I was here, but I just remember all of us, like we were in multiple different chats and everyone was texting like, are you seeing what's happening? Yeah. Is he really going to get 50? Is he really going to get 60? Are you kidding me? What are we going to do? What should we put on social? Well, how should we? Mm -hmm. It was just so much chaos, but it was like really fun chaos. Fun, fun fact. <clears throat> I had a, a panic nightmare the other night that I was still working Sun Social and I missed, I didn't post anything about book 70. <laughs> no, no. Oh, man. That was like a really, really weird. That's moment. trauma, man. Um, yeah, well, and then also 70. I remember for that moment, I my phone was dying as we were going. Mm. As like it was like the last three minutes, and it was like ten percent left on my phone. <laughs> oh man! And I'm just like, oh my god, I gotta get. To <laughs> and I was watching it on my phone at the same time. I was like, I gotta get to a charger. Yeah. I cannot miss this. <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. It, it's book seventy yeah. for sure. Okay, what's next? What do we got next? Let's go to the next region. It's the teabag region. Oh no. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> That it's TC on Mark Jackson. That that's okay. the, mm -hmm. the short shorts right over Mark Jackson's head for the dunk, versus uh, Cotton Fitzsimmons quote about Dan Marley being drafted. Yeah, someday you'll regret ever booing this young man, which is another great quote in Suns history. Books bubble winner. We all, that's where the book pose started mm -hmm. there in Orlando versus Rex Chapman's three in the '97. Playoff first round against Seattle mm -hmm. uh, to send it to overtime. Yeah. Another iconic moment yeah. that happened at a loss. That's, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, all right. So TC on Jackson or Cotton's quote. Um, yeah, I, I feel like TC is a dunk that just gets played over and over and over again. And for good reason, because it's insane. So I'm going to go with the Tom Chambers dunk there. Yeah, I, I don't think that. I don't think you can argue it. I love Cotton. Cotton's impact on the franchise was immense. Mm -hmm. uh, that quote is another iconic one. But again, 
This is a moment on the court and something that gets replayed constantly. And let's be clear, like Dan Marley, great player, love Dan Marley, fan favorite, but like he wasn't like a, if he was like the greatest player in Suns history, maybe that would be different. But like he, he was a role player. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. But I really like it. Oh yeah, no, I love Thunder Dan, but like. No, not just Dan, the oh, quote. Oh, the quote. In and of itself is super <laughs> with, fun. With Cotton's accent <laughs> right? too. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's an all time great. If you haven't heard it, do go listen to it. It's from the 1988 yes. draft, and Suns fans boo the pick of Dan Marley out of Central Michigan, and it's during he's at Cotton's at a uh, at a watch party, and the fans are booing, and he, he declaratively says you're wrong. So, mm. <laughs> but thanks yeah. for showing up, basically. Yeah. So. Um, but I'll go with TC. That it is a super iconic dunk that literally even kids on Twitter who have no idea who even Tom Chambers is know about that dunk. Mm -hmm. It's that iconic. So I'll go TC for sure. So we got Books Bubble winner and Rex Chapman's three. Interesting. Both of these, I think, are shots that kids, uh, depending the on their era, replicate, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the first things I did when I became an employee of the Suns, I, I went out there on the court, they let us <laughs> shoot around, yeah. and I did the Rex Chapman <laughs> shot from that <laughs> spot because it's that iconic in my mind as a kid. But I guarantee people do the bubble winner kids do the bubble winner mm -hmm. uh and that's such that started that's the moment all this started that was the uh you know the igniting of the match and the fuse on on all of this i'm booked uh, bubble winner yeah, same here yeah the, the rex three is an incredible shot just it's the harder shot of the two but what was on the line with that book bubble winner and what it meant Moving for that was the moment. That was the thunder rod moment mm -hmm. that everyone was like, "Oh shit, Bubble Suns are for real." And then they went on this eight and zero run, and it totally changed their entire fortune as a franchise. Like that's that's the moment I point to as the start of it. So I'm putting that. Also, I said the other day I petitioned to make that the new NBA logo. So I feel like yeah. I, have to, <laughs> yeah. I have to stand by oh, my yeah, word. You gotta back it up. Is thunder rod a New Mexico uh, thing or? It's, is it, I don't know. Is it <laughs> lightning rod? Oh yeah. No, we bring. <laughs> we're calling actual sounds to us. <laughs> I like. I like thunder rod. Yeah, thunder rod, lightning uh, rod. So TC versus book. Uh, I still book for it's me. Book for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going yeah, book. Yeah. It's iconic. Like that. Anything that becomes a meme like that quickly and lasts that long, it's it's something. Yeah, and that again, if they if they complete this season. That's the moment you go, mm -hmm. that's where it started. So. And what a fucking tough shot, too. I think yeah. people forget that because yeah. it wasn't just like a normal turnaround jumper. It was over Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in his face, falling backwards, landing on his ass. Like, can't Speaking beat that. Paul George, some bad breaking news. Yeah. Paul George is playing tonight. So he is indeed. Yeah, we'll dun, talk about dun, that dun. tomorrow. But. All right, let's go to the next region. Not as poorly named as the last region. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. This is the Cinderella region. Okay. Uh, based off the fact that the shot heard around the world, Gar heard shot mm -hmm. in uh, in that triple overtime game against the Celtics in the 1976 finals uh, is the one seed uh, versus Robert Ory's hip check. Mm -hmm. It's an iconic moment. You may not like it, but it's an iconic Suns moment Ooh. that everybody still talks about. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, but I don't like it, yeah. so I don't want it to move on. <laughs> I, ironically enough, the shot heard around the world happened in a loss, and the Ori the Ori hip check happened in a win. So yeah. I don't know what to think about that. I'm yeah. sensing a theme for a lot of these things. <laughs> yes. uh, I will. I will go Garherd myself. Yeah, I mean that's 
Yeah, that's easy. That that was in the finals. That was an incredible one of the all time greatest games that's ever been played. You got to go, Gar Herd. Yeah, definitely. I think that one's that one's a sweep for sure. Yeah. All right. Then we've got the number two triple OT finals win against the Bulls, which was another incredible game the Suns were part of, an actual win in the finals as well. And then the next one was uh, Dan Marley over Bowl, which that. People love that dunk. Mm. Wasn't actually a dunk. It was an offensive foul. Oh, if you God. go back and look, but people still play that clip because Manute Bull was seven seven. Yeah. Right. And Dan Marley dunked on him. Yeah. But look, uh, give me the triple OT finals one. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's Barkley versus MJ. You can't go wrong there. Mm-hmm. So this was an easy reason. Yeah. This Can region we get to was this? real easy. Now I'm to to conflicted. Now I'm conflicted. Because these are two of the greatest final games ever, right? Yes. Gar Hurd is considered one of the greatest shots of all time. Mm-hmm. The Suns lose. Yes. <laughs> the Suns Bulls triple overtime in 93. The Suns win and keep themselves alive, basically, in that series. Oh. I'm going to go Barkley and the, and the Suns, but that's because that was the team that made me fall in love with basketball. So. I was going to go that one, too, but okay. I can be sweet no. if you want to make the case. Lynn's is here for drama. She's she, not even... I'm just trying to make up for the last one with you, My vote can be bought. Yeah, no, I, I was going to go triple OT finals win, and I thought that was actually going to be the controversial one because the shot heard around the world, like everyone has heard of that. Obviously, people remember the 93 finals and relish the wins that they got in that series, but like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to go triple OT finals win just because that was an incredible duel between two all-time greats in yeah. that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, I will say I do think a lot of times with, with these type of situations, um, your age has some bias towards oh, it. Just yeah, based definitely. on like, like, even though that shot was incredible, <clears throat> it's different to go back and watch it on YouTube versus like watching it live. Even if you're right. watching it on TV, right. experiencing it live, Make some it just makes you feel some sort of way. You know That's what true. I mean? So here fun fact. When that shot happened, Al McCoy, the the booth was in the old Bar- Boston Garden was basically he was jammed between fans, right? Mm. And this guy passed out and fell on his lap. I feel like I remember that. hearing <laughs> yeah. that story. And he yeah. had to try to push the guy off of yeah. him so he could see what happened during this iconic call. What so a fun crazy. fact about it. So. Yeah. All right. So what we got left? Where are we at now? We've got the Valley region. Everybody wondering where the Valley Hoop is? Well, here it is. It's the one seat in the Valley region, and it's taking on the Kid Nash double overtime thriller back in the mid-2000s where Nash dropped 42. It was one of the the great seven seconds or less regular season games that they played. Uh, but come on. I mean, <laughs> you, you can put a lot of things up against uh, – the Valley Oop, and it's going to get destroyed. And in this case, I think mm-hmm. that's the case. Yeah, it's Valley Oop. I'll know. I will remember that when I'm on my deathbed. That shit was insane. It not, was <laughs> not just the dunk. Jay's pass too was unbelievable. Yes. In that. Yeah. So like, I was there for that game in that mm-hmm. arena. I've it never exploded. heard an arena that crazy no. in real life, and it it was so cool. It exploded. We got the. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, Michael Wilbon meme out of that. That was amazing. Couldn't hear anything. And it was cheering like that for like a minute straight until they reviewed it. And then, 
you know, ruled that it was a legal play and then it exploded Which again. Which is why I feel like so many Suns fans already were cheering because we knew. Yeah, we knew we the all, rules. We've experienced this before. <laughs> we know it's legal. Yep. Count the bucket. Give us the W. Yep. Yeah. I, that that whole waiting added a whole nother level to it. So then we move into the 2-3 two, uh, two, matchup. Uh, two seeds, Barkley. 56 points in the playoffs against the Warriors in 1994, mm-hmm. which was an unbelievable game, uh, if if you remember it. And if not, go back and watch the highlights. Sparkly was at his his peak there. And then the three seed is getting the number one pick, mm-hmm. which is the only time it ever happened back in the DeAndre draft. So. Yeah, I'm look, you don't have the number one moment in this region without the number three moment, but like, I just remember when they got the number one pick, it was like finally, but it was also like, okay, now what are we going to do with it? Now we are. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it it was it was a happy moment, to be clear. Obviously, you want the number one pick, but like Barkley dropping 56 in a playoff game like that's that's hard to top. So I'm going with Barkley. Same here. Right. All right, fine. I guess I'll agree. <laughs> Man, you're right. We need more controversy. Things that are actually like argumentative. Well, I feel this like it'll get sucks, fine. Guys. I'll argue for the number one I... pick because that changed the trajectory of our franchise. No. Okay, it was the no. first time we ever got a number one pick. People were excited. Yes, people were pissed at the same time because then you had this whole crazy like idea of who and everyone wanted somebody else. Mm-hmm. And we had Igor at the time, but then we selected DA. But just getting the number one pick in and of itself on the draft lottery yeah. night was really freaking yeah. cool. Yes, yeah. that was it was pretty exciting. But uh, we are down to the Valley Oop versus Barclays 56. Valley Oop. Yeah, it's got to be Valley Oop, which is insane to say, but like it's Valley Oop. Barclays was an entire game. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Play. So I'll I'll stick with Barclays. Even okay. Though I'm gonna lose <laughs> yeah. on that. And I respect I'm not gonna go all Star Wars Gerald on you. <laughs> I respect <laughs> that we uh, that we move the Valley Oop into the finals. Now so. we do have one area where we where we fudged up because we don't have anywhere in this bracket the Kevin Johnson dunk over Hakeem, which has come up a couple times in the chat. So maybe to inject some chaos, do we want to replace any of the final four? With the KJ dunk over Hakeem. No, came in a loss. <laughs> came in a loss. And and one of the biggest one of the two biggest collapses in Suns history. They'd have a title already if they had won one of those Houston series. So That's no fair. I banned so, the KJ so over he, Hakeem. So dunk. he overruled it for uh, that for reason. For many reasons. Okay. Yeah. See All right. So this that this is gonna get interesting. Oh man, we got two book highlights and then ooh. Yeah. Okay, so we've got so book seventy versus book bubble game winner, and then we've got tough. yeah, and, <sighs> and then we've got uh, on the other side. What is it? The triple OT finals win and the Valley Oop. I think that one's easier. Yeah, that one. Want to start with that one before? Yeah, we let's have start with that one. Valley Oop moving on. Like, yeah, I think so too. We can move the Valley Oop into the finals, and then. Oh, <laughs> I'm going I'm going book bubble winner. Like I know the 70 is something that is historic and it only happens every so often, but like that came in a win and it meant so much more than just that one game. Like that put us on our current trajectory that we're on now. I, without that moment, maybe things are completely different here. Lindsay I'm also going book bubble with her. <laughs> I was going to too. Okay, all good. Right, and right. I was I like, was I don't know it. how you feel as no. far as like, but, but I think that's something that you, 
years and years down the line, this team, right? So we are all in agreement, I think, that this team is going to be dominant for a while. Mm -hmm. When we get to the point where we're like 60 Mm -hmm. and people are looking at the history that we grew up with, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to be able to come back and pinpoint that exact moment in time Mm -hmm. that that was the... That was the shift. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's Definitely. when this thing turned around. That's the iconic memory that everyone who is a part of Suns basketball currently or at that point in time will look to and be like, that that's the moment. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And then the fact that it's just kind of been sort of recreated over yeah. and over <laughs> and will probably continue to be recreated over and over by Devin. Um, it's, it's, you just can't. You mm-hmm. can't compare it, I don't think. Brought a generation of Suns fans in. Uh, so the final value, uh, the one seed versus book bubble winner. Let me first say there's some recency bias that I think uh, happened in this, but I, I don't, it, it, I don't but think they so, are though. two amazing <laughs> moments. Like the, there's no doubt in value is definitely one, but I'm going to go books bubble winner okay. for a reason we haven't discussed about this. Okay. play. Mm-hmm. We okay. as a, as a people, not just in this town, but as a world, we're in one of the most precarious situations we've ever been. That's true. Mm-hmm. Basketball came back. It was. It gave us all something to feel like we were together again. Mm-hmm. And with these guys playing in Orlando in a bubble, they they sacrificed three months of their lives in some cases just to entertain us. Where we were all stuck at home, having to deal with all this, didn't know what was going to happen because we were still in the weeds massively in the pandemic. And that moment I felt like was the first chance Phoenix as a whole got to say, wow, we just enjoyed something as, as a collective and experienced it together via social media. And for me, I'll never forget that. It felt like one of those together moments that you'll never forget where you were and most of us were just sitting in our house because it was the only place we could be but, but it did give lot. you a sense of community despite yes. all of that like as Suns fans like it gave you that sense of togetherness that we had been missing for quite a while yeah. at that point so. it was it was I the agree. ultimate hope both mm-hmm. as a Suns fan and as a person since we had been missing so much of that that's why it means so much to me that's fair because 2020 was a dark time for a lot of people. And here in Phoenix, that bubble run meant everything. And that mm-hmm. was the peak of that entire run, um, the peak of turning things around. And <laughs> honestly, for some people, restoring hope that there were still good things to look forward to. Um, it's tough. Do you want to say it at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I think we should. All right. All right. You ready? Three, two, one. Value. Bubble winner. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I I convinced See, her with the emotions. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't. I honestly don't think you can go wrong with either of these moments. For me, the value was the one because I I've you know I went to playoff games when Nash was here. I covered up close and personal the years of misery between the Nash years and this team. Mm-hmm. Like being able to be in the building covering my first playoff run, covering a team in the Western Conference Finals, like. That game, I've never heard any arena that loud, let alone the Suns one. And I I still remember, you know, when Goran Dragic got MVP chance, when Steve Nash had his last game, and they were chanting MV Steve to, you know, send him off. Like, that moment was absurd. And that was when it was kind of like, this is a team of destiny. They didn't pull it off in the end, 
But that's when it was like, holy shit, like this team could win it all. Yeah. I if we were talking pure basketball, mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. If there weren't the other factors right. in it, I would say yeah. value. But just just that meant so much personally to a lot of people outside of basketball that I think that's why why no. I had to go bubble winner. But I get the value uh, argument for sure. But if value wasn't second, I think I would be mad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I because that was that was a whole that was just a beautiful moment mm-hmm. in time. It really was. By the way, this may be the longest episode on record. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it's only like an hour and twenty or so at this point. Have we done longer? I feel like that that is the longest. I think our last Maybe. bracket was a long one. Was it? As well, well, I don't know. That was, was less, fun. less heated. So. <laughs> this one was a little more calm. <laughs> we're we're still think, friends after this one, at least. I think it's Maybe. because we can all kind of agree on sun stuff for the yeah. most part. Yes. Um, it's the things outside of sun stuff that we're like, well. So, so we'll do another non-suns one on Thursday. Yeah, we'll do a Pixar bracket and shit. get go. real heated. Lord have mercy. Um, if you guys have, we could do Pixar. We could do animated movies in general. Um, or cartoon type movies, whatever. If you guys have an idea that you want us to fight over, feel free <laughs> to uh, send them to the Discord or on Twitter or wherever. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. Gerald uh, will do it for sure. Tell us in person tomorrow night out at the Ainsworth. That's we'll a good segue. That's we'll be true. live out there tomorrow pregame. We'll watch the game with you. We'll be live postgame. The Ainsworth, real easy to find. Mm-hmm. Right across from footprint center if you know where the team shop is you're right across the street from from the ainsworth come out it's going to be a blast we have giveaways we have autographed giveaways not from us from actual sons players <laughs> oh we have uh, i was like you're not going to make me sign some of those well, I'm calendars gonna make are you, you? So, we'll make <laughs> you do that you. too but uh we we actually have some uh, uh da uh campaign so uh, a not, handful of stuff. I not bring my headphones that I signed? I think you should, Shane. <laughs> the mustache behind the Mac will bring you headphones as well. We're going to have a good time. And uh, there is also a charitable component to this. Yeah. And I'll let Lindsay tell you all about it. Yeah, so we're going to be collecting donations both in person and via Super Chats on our streams here on YouTube. So if you're coming in person, bring some cash so you can donate because – All of the money is going to go to Ryan House, which is an incredible organization here in Phoenix that provides hospice and respite care um, to children who really need the support and families who really need the support. So and they're 100 percent donation based without us. They don't exist and they can't do the things that they do unless people like us continue to support them and provide them with monetary um, support so mm-hmm. that they can do those things. So if you're coming in person, bring cash. If you're watching virtually, set up your YouTube page so you can send in super chats because every single dollar of a super chat pregame and postgame will go directly to Ryan House. We probably should have told the bosses uh, in in Denver that we were doing that, but we're going to make it happen. Maybe we could just tell the bosses to watch the <laughs> live stream and send massive super chats in. I, that would be great. We'll look, just look. We're going to get a tote board. We're going to do this all right. You're, it's going to be like a telethon. <laughs> It'd be great. But no, come on out. Uh, if you like heckling us in the chat, it's even better in person. I promise you. So <laughs> come on out. We're going to have a whole heck of a lot of fun tomorrow. Yep. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, send us home. Remember, friends don't kill friends. Brackets kill friendships. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs>